Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, table 313 doesn't exist, so don't seat anyone there. And I said, uh, what happened? When we closed for New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, uh, the night maintenance guy had a heart attack and died at table 313. So they got rid of the table. I then quit my job because I didn't want to die in a cracker barrel. That should be a new. That should be actually a nice new ceremonial part of our uh, of our our pod mornings. Cheers! Cheers! Shot <laughs> of ranch. Yeah, it's like I think Carrie does every time before she sings. I think it would it would be you know Kim Kardashian style a big ass and tits break the internet if if ranch dressing came out with a coffee mate style mixer oh um, my god like an international delights like ranch flavor oh, i'm just man. i love that dude speaking of which kim and kanye oh man Big Can we, all right so we so lots so, to cover lots. Yeah, where do we where do we start where so this, is, this start? did you read it a weekly podcast about the internet by way of Reddit, the front page of the internet my name is it's your dad i'm dog boobs my free day in the it studio. Is, it's 2021, guys. Wow. Happy a, New Year. We what survived. a rousing, <laughs> rousing beginning to the year. <laughs> so, so this is so this is hilarious because the way so this is we're recording this on Friday morning, the eighth. Uh, so on Wednesday morning, I wake up and I'm like Oh my God, this is the craziest news day. Kim and Kanye are breaking up, and Kanye is having sex with Jeffree Star. Yep. And that's part of the reason. Wait, I didn't uh, know that. You didn't oh, know yeah. that part? Oh my goodness. This is this is like this is the craziest part of the whole goddamn story. So um let me actually I do have a I do have an appropriate meme for it. Let me let me see if I can find it. Um and this is just yeah. a warning to all you before you set foot in Calabasas. Stuff like this happens in Calabasas. Yeah. You know. <laughs> exactly. A lot of people yeah. say they want to move the there, but I'm just saying. The experience. Oh, There's a scene, and, and you get sucked in. Yeah, Jeffree Star, what a, what a hot piece of uh, something, you know? What a confusing piece of something. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand what – and, you know, listen, I'm, I'm, I am not transphobic. I have absolutely no problem with Jeffree Star as Jeffree Star, right? But I don't really understand the appeal. That's my deal, you know? If you're not going to uh, you have to fuck him or her. What, what do we say? What's the... Them. 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 Jeffree Star is also a shit. Like, I... Oh, a little, little dickhead, I know. We have, like, yeah, I'm, this, I'm sa- the same. Like, obviously, no issues with the transgender piece of this, but Jeffree Star is an extremely problematic person. And actually, right. I think has had a lot of different controversies around race in the past. Oh yeah, huge anti-Semite, huge racist, very confusing person across the board. But we woke up on Wednesday morning. We get the news that that you know this 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 meme sums it up perfectly. I think this is from Arthur, right? I don't know. It's one of the classic, classic kind of meme formats. But how the hell did we go from Kanye West fucking Jeffrey Star to civil war, and it's barely repeated? <laughs> On Wednesday. That was the experience of Wednesday. What a um, fucking day. 
what a day we're you know we're like eight days into 2021 i mean this is a lot of this is a lot of the this is a lot of the juice this is a lot of what people are saying is they're like um you know like 2020 2020 part (laughs) two 2020 was so dramatic and so brutal and then uh and everybody's like (laughs) cheers to the new year here we go again (laughs) and it just comes out with a fucking bang it's so wild but anyway um so we're we're not going to talk. We we are going to talk a little. I do want us to talk a little bit about some of what we've seen by way of the internet, uh, as with what happened on Wednesday. Um, you know, there wasn't a ton of bloodshed, so I think it's still okay to be to laugh about it. It is not. It's One like person was was killed. Not. Yeah. One woman was shot in the neck and died in the Capitol. Yeah. Well, there were there were there have been five people now that died. One five. of five. Oh was, wow. Well, so. but one one was shot in the Capitol. Um, another a police a policeman died from their injuries. I had read, but then three people died from unrelated medical causes that were that were related in the sense that they were there and probably you know <clears throat> like how attacks, stuff like, like that. how three hundred thousand people have died from covid mm-hmm. but it's actually only six because the other people ha- were already having heart attacks and dying Ooh. that's hot deep take. tube stuff that is deep tube stuff okay that is it's a hot take from the deep tube that's actually probably the least hot take from deep tube i feel like that's <laughs> That's like that's an old take, yeah. Standard, um, yeah. So uh, after after Doctor uh, Pachaman <laughs> coming through here, um, Ooh, nice. so this actually did happen. Somebody somebody tased themselves. From what I heard, they tased themselves in the balls. Actually, I have a I have another image that represents that's, this fact. That is Antifa commitment. That's a fun little idea. This was the this is a, a tweet that references this. So apparently, a guy accidentally tasered himself in the balls and then died of a heart attack while trying to steal a painting. And if we can't all come together over how hilarious that is, we may be on maybe beyond hope. Which, you know, trying me, to feel like it's very inspiring. A portrait of like what Taft and had a heart attack. Yeah, totally. That's the number one portrait everyone's going for. And, wow. And Taft. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> I mean, that Taft. The tower yeah. portrait is at the top tower of the of the Capitol <laughs> at the very peak. So, yeah. So, this is, I mean, we don't need to go into what happened on Wednesday because it was, you know, obviously, like, for fuck's sake. I mean, it was the biggest news uh, of a generation essentially so <laughs> not not uh not worth doing that but um but i do think it's worth briefly discussing some of the things that i think are a byproduct of it um i mean there there is just like an apex we are an apex meme land right now yes. um which which is you know i mean very nice right like i don't feel like anybody's taking any time uh, to get to the memes and you know it, it really accommodates a lot of them um a whole range i think it it goes from everything from from like full like internet lollery where it's it's a lot less a lot less meaningful stuff to things that are a little bit like ooh if you look if you if you peel that onion you uh you see some you see some something uh that maybe is deep tube related there seems uh, yeah, I'm. I'm just getting into the deep tube. I feel like you got into it last night. Haven't slept yet, Dad. Is that about true? Dude, I'm. 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 I am, uh, I'm, <clears throat> I'm living on the adrenaline of uh, the uh, 
the Donald Trump concession deep fake video. That wasn't real. Yo, I I don't agree. I don't I don't know where I stand anymore, man. I don't even understand. I don't even know what to think. It sucks. <clears throat> we covered. We talked about it in my views, and I don't know how I feel about anything. This is exactly anymore. what we talked about when we did our deep fake episode. Yeah, like eighteen uh-huh. months ago, we yeah. were like, Poli- politicians are start. Uh, they're going to get deep tubed. Yep. And people are going right. to make speeches that never happened. I was going to say, and this is the first kind of big one. I'd say, yeah. Yeah, man, it didn't happen. Damn. Yeah, and this is. So I guess because we are recording this on Friday morning, I don't know when this news will have come out. So there's a video posted. Um, so here's my thought process going through this video, right? Let me see if I can pull up the video itself. Oh, I do. I already have the video queued up, obviously. Uh, clearly. Late last night. Um, but And I see you sent something over to me, Idler, so I'll pull that up in a second. <laughs> so, this is, so this is the video from Trump. It was posted on the White House official YouTube channel. So I got he's banned this, everywhere else. Because he's banned everywhere else. I got sent this by a friend who who was just like, is this a deep fake? And he was like kidding when he said that. But you know, the reason he asked is because it's so it's so um he concedes he acts like a normal fucking president. He's like, there's going to be a yes. transition of power. You people it's are the idiots. Most normal speech he's ever given. It's totally normal. And then I start looking through the comments and all the comments, like the comments are a range, but a lot of them. Oh, shit. Did this video get taken down? <gasps> oh, the conspiracy. No, deep that would that would deepen. That would be that'd be crazy. Um, so it it was uh, we get a lot of people that are like Trump till I die. But a lot of like, ooh, this is fake. 100 percent fake. It's a deep fake. Right. And I was just kind of like, oh, fascinating. We also have a lot of comments that are like, um declassify everything I'm yeah. seeing. I don't understand where that's coming from. Me neither. I, I try to do a little bit of research. From what I gather, it's Trump had mentioned that he would declassify, literally declassify everything on his way out of the office. It was oh, just like one of the weird lofty claims. So everybody's like, hell yeah, yeah. alien. But then you know, people who are like, Clinton's, you know, oh, no. a lot of the kind of standard conceits. Right. Um, but anyway, so the more I keep seeing all these posts about deep fakes, I was like, huh, what is that all about? So I did a little research on conspiracy, <gasps> and it's a very, very popular post right now on conspiracy. Not the most Ooh. not the most popular recently. And in conspiracy in general is like absolutely fucking going off right now, obviously. Um so, 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 conspiracy is essentially proposing, and they have all this proof that the the uh, Trump concession video um, is indeed a deep fake. Uh, let me pull it up. I, yeah, um, I mean, clearly, you know. Well, well, I mean, he's he's never made a video like this. He hasn't ever conceded anything. I don't think. He, like, why now? Right. So this is their big proof, right? Is there's a frame in the middle Ooh. of the video and then a frame at the very end of the video where his face is absolutely identical. And, what? And this is one of those things where you're just like, I don't know, maybe that's a phenomenon. Like, yeah. I, you know, I mean, if someone were to do a deep fake of us talking right now, 
I'm sure that they would be able to find a way to match up my facial expressions. Right. It looks so like it, it's a lot. All I'm seeing here is that his face is in the exact same position, but yeah. his body so has moved, so right? So, so is it possible that your face can hit the same exact position throughout the course of a speech? Yes. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't really prove anything. It's just no. coincidentally, you you might think – Oh, this is impossible that your face could look exactly the same twice in 20 minutes, but I don't know. Right. But a lot of people, a lot of people are saying, look at where his neck, look at where his neck meets his shirt. Like that's the main thing they talk about. So if you look at, well, when I'm a big time Photoshopper and I will, I will attest to that. I mean, it's, that's when I'm pulling someone's face off to throw it on a, on a goof. That's the hardest part is hitting that neckline. Dude. And, uh, uh, you've convinced me. This is a deep fake. <laughs> it's odd, dude. It's very odd, but it, it just goes to show that we are now at this time where the mere speculate, like we have opened this fucking Pandora's box. And this past week, it was like, and and we're not we're not going to spend the whole time talking about this because we actually before this pod. So this is kind of you know this this shit is happening in real time. Last night we were talking about this stuff. We want to talk about. Uh, anti-work part two as we had suggested on on part one which was which was we did before new year's and today we want to primarily talk about the literature that they consider the required readings and the anti-work anti-work uh subreddit but we are going to do a little bit of a deep dive for the next couple weeks about some of the things that are popping up as a byproduct of this because I, i personally think they're pretty fascinating and they're they're you know it is like dr spikamen in our in our uh, in our chat right now, had mentioned how the the mere speed by which the the memes have been popping up is extraordinary, which I agree with. But then also, for as many memes as there are, it's also the conspiracies, the organized conspiracies, and I think that the the like conspiracies that are not organized. Like, I mean, another another one that's popping up right now that's like very popular is the idea that. You know, you, you guys have all seen this woman who, like, they push me down. They mace me, right? Like, Yes. This yeah, what's her story? I haven't up. followed up. I was installing. Cocktail, but evidently she has an onion in her towel is what they claim. Oh, um, for, for crying, you mean? For, for crying? For, that for sounds horrible. Well, she's just a good influencer, I say. <laughs> she just knows how to influence. <laughs> That's an app. Wow, these crisis actors are getting good with their their know, onion man. props and method acting. It's just wild, wild times. But we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit more of a like internet. It was also a popular fallout. death weapon when I did time in the clink. You'd wrap an onion in a sock and beat oh, a man. And beat a man. So maybe that. she was just using that as a as a you know an affordable weapon that you yeah can and any local Whole Foods three sixty five. And after that, you just emptied the sock out into a skillet and caramelized that crushed onion. Did you say what weapon? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just eating Denver omelet over here. I'm I'm just putting caramelized onions on my burger. (laughs) It's kind of the perfect Uh, crime. (laughs) I mean, this what a what what a time. What What a time. time. We were just we were just given just so much for this beginning of the week. But anyway, the idler, tell us more about this thing you just sent me. Well, I thought this was, this is something that I noticed in the moment and kind of struggled with, and it's the perfect way to transition into anti-work. So this is a post, possibly the most unsettling thing to me 
about the attempted coup the other day is the way we all just keep working, doing our routine activities in the midst of a massive unraveling at the government level. We should all be recovering, processing with our community, caring for each other, not working. So something I experienced, I'm not sure if you guys did, is absolutely no one at my job even mentioned that this was going on at all. It was work, 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 as if nothing was going on. And I think it really fucked with my head a little bit. I had a really hard time yesterday. It was just absolutely surreal to me that on the news, we're watching the Capitol looking like uh, the end of a Will Smith, like Independence Day movie. And like, (laughs) I'm fucking around on my laptop trying to get client approval on some fucking bullshit. And I'm like, this is, this is not okay. Like this just blows my mind. Like this isn't good for our brains. This isn't good for like our spirits as human beings. Like how can you just put your head down while your entire country's crumbling around you? Yeah. Yeah, I had, I had a, a similar experience. I didn't have the resistance necessarily. Like I think our, our company was pretty like seemingly pretty self-aware of what was going on. And and was like aware of, of, of like how dramatic it was. But I, I also noticed that where I was, I had, you know, I had a bunch of shit I had to get done and I was just staring into the abyss all day. Like I was like, I just could not fucking be bothered to do anything. And I was trying very hard, but it was just like not fucking working. And that is exactly why it was just like, it felt it's hard. I mean, this is, this feels like the issue with a lot of work stuff. And and this is like you said, the continuation of the anti-work is like the second you, you understand the futility of the task at hand as a compare, as compared to like other things in particular, it makes it, it presents the anti-work problem pretty profoundly you know yeah um and that was kind of what i had experienced and probably what you had experienced and it feels like yeah i mean i i I had pulled that that quote as well and and i was i'm like yeah because i'm like ah man i I don't like i because i i guess this whole event reminded me of 9-11 it's very Mm -hmm. different you know but it's also it i don't i'm not like a particularly patriotic person but And, you know, all of us are kind of, un, you know, I'd like to think we're all generally untethered to federal politics, right? Like, none of us are, like, engaged in the federal political system. But it's just the feeling, like, it just goes to show that every level of stability that we use to anchor ourselves to reality, even, you know, our home, our family, our friends, you know, all the way down to even the, the national government. Mm-hmm. is a form of like stabilizing anchor that yeah, we all security. use. That we take it's for granted. Kind of. That we totally take for granted. And, you know, I remember with 9-11, I was, I was in eighth grade. So, you know, I was probably like 14, 13 or 14. No, I was a freshman in high school. So I was like 14, 15. And I remember like not really being able to register the extent of what was going on. But I remember feeling like there was a... I remember I remember feeling the the tragedy of it really intimately where I was like oh man this feels like everybody's worried at once oh I've never seen that before I guess this is a big 
big deal, right? Yeah. And it and it made me, you know, I didn't like lose sleep over it probably, but it made me feel like unsettled. And I think as an adult experiencing this, I feel profoundly more unsettled because of you know, okay, you know what I think it is? It's the it's the future. It's like the fact that this this is so ingrained in the in what will happen in the future. In yeah. the same way that 9-11, when that happened, you were like, the future will never be the thing that I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and with this, it's like, oh, the future is not going to be what I would thought it was going to be because a line has been crossed that you can't uncross. Yeah. And it just like, and then because of that futility of the sensation of work, all of a sudden you're just like, what am I even doing? Right. Especially for people with quote bullshit jobs that like no one's living or dying by our hand you know how am i supposed to like buckle down and focus on you know push basically like pushing pieces around a board so that the company i work for continues to make money and i make my paycheck but i mean none of it none of what i'm doing matters and so like when you really look at what's going on in the world especially when like something like a like along the lines of a 9-11 like that was such an insane moment in history like that's gonna like you said be really impactful on like moving forward how it shapes the like our world our especially like american society and government like who knows but like our relationship with america in general i mean yeah it's like i have a i i suddenly have a different relationship with my perception of America as an identity. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that was the nine 11 thing is like, we felt we were attacked. America was attacked on American soil. And this felt like America was attacked on American soil. Yeah. Like civil war for real. Yeah. Well, by Antifa plants though. Right. Oh, right. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Definitely. So I've been going, I've been going into the deep tube a little and and that's kind of the main story out of the deep tube is that that was uh, all us you know the, the the raid on the capitol may we never forget january 6th was all uh a plant oh, God. the antifa to over and and this is kind of news to me and honestly until da- dad you mentioned the shit last night i was like oh yeah i guess everything is a conspiracy let me check this out now i'm convinced because right. i spent 10 minutes on the internet um <laughs> right but uh, yeah, I mean, like the big theories are because there, there's so the the Buffalo man uh, who just has a phenomenal physique, cool tattoos, yeah. kick ass helmet. Um, you, you're talking about Q Shaman, right? Q Shaman, yeah. His name is um, what his name is. His name's out there now. Jake and Jelly Thirty Two. <laughs> um, so the stuff's coming out about this guy, like. He was seen in a global warming rally like a couple years ago. There's a picture of him wearing the exact same outfit. And he was like pro global warming, which didn't doesn't seem Q or Trumpy. So that's like one thing people are saying that is like uh you know, he's a plant. Wow. Antifa. And so like he he's easy to spot, right? Because of the hat. And there's other people that right. they're they're matching their photos to other Antifa style rallies over the last like year and a half. And so there's some interesting stuff there. There's stuff with like the police open the barricades and let these people in. You're like, what's up with that? The police in on this? Feels uh, like a Nancy Pelosi Antifa plant thing, right? And so like all you need is like two or three of those things. And you're like, all right, I'm 
listening. I'm never listening. What's going on here? And then you have a mob of people that were there anyway. Right. And now you got a recipe for fucking disaster. Now you got gumbo. Now you got gumbo, dude. But even with that, like even talking about that, it it sounds so. So in terms of the anti-work thing, it's such a funny thing because even the conspiracies. Which maybe this is maybe this is where we all we all go down with the ship and and we and we join like Roy's we join Roy's like boat caravan into the you know on the way to yeah in our water future yeah Yeah, exactly but this is but you know like you how do you work when you're when you're going oh the government is a you know it's just it's it's just distracting I guess that's the thing it's like going back to the anti work thing it's like life is distracting from work right and so yeah vice versa <laughs> right right i was uh i was i put in a new front door on nice. january 6th the day the the united states fell <laughs> and i was doing some construction with uh, a guy that does some work for me who's really knows what he's doing and i help him i become his assistant cool and, apprentice mrs um, apprentice and it's um it's good work it's outdoors banging some nails measuring cutting so I was outside all day. Uh, most of the day, I would like come in and sort of check my email, but not really. And I, I basically ignored this until like 5 p.m., you know, yeah. when, a, when a construction man gets home and cracks a couple of modellos and kicks yeah. off his boots, you know. And I said, oh, well, it's, what's going on? And then obviously the news, right? So, right. And and the difference between my general vibe and everyone else who I was like who I talked to that day was like people were like oh my god the world's over and I was like what are you talking about I got a kick ass front door look I was like so happy about my new like it was like level and I was like this how is, nice was so, so what excited. color is it well it's it's currently just primed white so I have to paint it uh, which I'm gonna do like almost a black style color Ooh, so I like that that's like um weekend work yeah but uh man like sitting in front of your i guess what i'm getting is sitting in front of your computer sitting in front of the news sitting in front of this stuff as it unfolds which it's been unfolding now for uh i think since for bill Clinton got that blowy yeah. since bill got that blowy in 2006 <laughs> oh, yeah. or really or call it 9 11 right i mean it's this has been non-stop uh right. in your face and Man, it's, it's like a real bummer to like sit and uh, consume all this stuff whether or not i I don't know. I had a realization. I was like, man, maybe I should just become like a carpenter off the news. Like these guys, a lot of these guys don't know the news. They don't have emails. Yeah. <laughs> seem, pretty, seem pretty happy. <laughs> I don't know if that's checking out of society or, um, or can you do anything anyway about it? And yeah. Well, it's like accepting know? the futility of some things and, I mean, and checking out. Well, we're not in DC. We're not in politics. We are not billionaires that can create influence. And some of the articles in anti-work I, I was reading last night were, were kind of hinting at this. It's like your middle-class job just kind of keeps you stuck in this place where you can't really affect change. You're just running on this treadmill to stay in the same place. And can you do anything about it? Like, you know, you have no influence over politics. You can't necessarily make change. You have one vote every four years or two years or whatever. Like, and and yeah, it's like it's interesting. Is it better to just like you know sand some wood and and be happy, worry about your personal happiness, and stop trying to like control a country that you can't control or something? You know, something like that. I don't know. Well, All there's happened. some behavioral. There's some interesting behavioral things I think in that where uh, you know a lot of the people. So 
without couching this in some sort of classist thing, because I think that I, I, you know, I'm from this area. I understand this to some degree. We're seeing this interesting thing yeah. as a byproduct of this too, where a lot of the people who were seen at the at the rally, mostly the ones who were obviously had breached the gates, are now being doxxed online so mm-hmm. that they can be told on to the FBI and then whatever. And, you know, with the doxing process, you're seeing their jobs, you're seeing what they do. And, you know, you're seeing a lot of people who are like laborers, for lack of a better term. Not all of them. I mean, you are seeing like lawyers. You're seeing like the whole wide swath. But like some of the primary ones you're seeing are kind of like, you know, doing laborious, laborious grunt work. And I've been thinking a little bit about that because I think you're right. I think that there's like a joy like that's I mean, I in our in our text thread last night, I kind of said it half joking, but actually very serious, which I'm just like, I just want to like go fishing somewhere and just fucking see the water and like, you know, beyond the ridge line of the trees, everything is on fire and you can see the fucking, you can smell the corpses a little bit in the background, but like like, on the lake and everything is great. Right. Yeah. But, But, you know, I think that there is, I don't like what would happen if we all distance ourselves enough from the internet and distance ourselves enough from desk work to where suddenly we will come. This is, I think, maybe the enigma, right? It's like you come back to the internet and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to get my news today. And then like you click on something and you go, holy shit, because we, you, you, have, you have taken away your literacy, your internet literacy or your digital media literacy to where you, yeah. can't, you can't differentiate between a false conspiracy, for instance, and news because well, there's the no more news. Has, yeah. Well, yeah, but also it's like you know things change in such an insane, dramatic way. If like you come back and you turn on Fox News, you're just like, holy shit! And then they they mention something because you're not paying attention and you don't you don't follow the internet logic. And they mention some fucking bullshit about like Lynn Wood, you know, or like one of these Q conspiracy things. And then all of a sudden you're down the rabbit hole and you're like, of course it's true. I saw it on the internet. And nobody, and because you're already you're outside of the internet literacy, you know, I don't know, skill set. You go, obviously it's true. I saw it online, and and the, I think that that's a little bit of the problem. So I don't I don't know. I think I think I guess going back to the anti work thing. Let's get into these articles. Let's get into these primary sources. I think they're important. That that is ultimately the point of this. But I think that there's there's a lot of. Uh, the big theme of anti-work is like what happens when you're at your desk all the time. Yeah. I, part of that is the part of that is like being at a desk means being connected and like, is yeah. it good or bad? I don't know. Right. We're, you know, I said it before, but like, we're, I still feel like we're in that stage where, um, you know, 14 year olds smoking on uh, ships and airplanes is considered good for you. Um, in the, in the internet and media is, and we're, I think we're still early stages where we're like, yeah, tobacco cures all. Why don't you just have a <laughs> totally. puff of these lucky strikes? And uh, and it's the same with me. It's like, yeah, watching the news means you're a good citizen and you're informed. Totally. And it's like, well, I think we're coming around the bend where we're, we're, we're sort of starting to say, like, being online and watching CNN, Fox, MSNBC is kind of like eating fast food three meals a day. And it's bad for your health. It's bad for your mental health. And I think enough people are, are kind of get that. And the internet is the same, I think. Right. But you can sort of just – there's sort of the millennial version of CNN and Fox News. Um, 
through whatever portal you're on. Fascinating point. I mean, honestly, like that, that is a really, really cool idea that there's, that this is the beginning of a, like, I mean, that's a shame. I think we need to like, great example. Yeah. What they, what they did with tobacco is they, they made it shameful to smoke, right? Uh, Secondhand smoke, thirdhand smoke kills babies uh, next door. Remember those commercials? We're like, <laughs> there's a commercial with a guy smoking and like the smoke goes through a vent and it creeps through a building yeah. and then it comes into a baby's crib and the baby and the baby then he's like, I'm hooked on smokes and I'm zero. <laughs> so like it became shameful to smoke. And so I think, I think the same should happen with certain kinds of food. Soda, fast food shit. It's like literally killing humans. And then the same with the internet. Like, how do can you... How do you do it? I don't know. I don't know. It's so it, it's a fascinating. I mean, this is a conversation. I'm available. I can make some thick ass ads, yeah. dude. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's an interesting. Instagram. I mean, that is like we think about the concept of of people smoking. You know, we watch Mad Men, and we're just like, can you fucking believe they're smoking inside in an elevator? That is insane. But you know, like that was a that, that was a time period where it was like I don't nobody I don't know, but like it seems like people are just like, yeah, I don't care. And I so think, yeah, you know, now I think hopefully in ten years, twenty years, six months, we can we can look back and go, can you believe that people used to blank on the internet, right? But it's it's a different model because you're it's not a like if it's the consumption of information and that's such but a, we might be addicted to the feeling it, it, it gives us, which is um, I used to listen to the daily, like every day and was pretty excited about it. It was like my same. fun morning routine. And until recently, really COVID the last three months of COVID, like every story was extremely like um, empathetically, melancholy it was like totally, today totally we're gonna tell one story about a woman who works in walmart whose grandfather died of covid and nobody could say goodbye you're like i don't fucking want to listen to that shit dude i get it it sucks people are dying but i'm like that was every day i'm like i'm just yeah. out i'm just gonna be like eh, i'm out and so i sort of have bailed out from the daily i used to like it i don't like it anymore just because it's a bummer man it's fucking yeah bummer, don't blame dude. you like so I, I think we're we're going to start and then I'm going, okay, I have time. I have X amount of time before I die. Like, do I want to be, use it getting bummed out or do I want to use it like putting on a sick front door? Right. right. Well, and you know, so I think you're going to have to make a choice is what I'm saying. We keep, we, we knew we were going to do this today too, or I knew we were going to do this because it's just impossible to not talk about this past week. And, you know, like I said, we're probably going to talk about it a little bit in the next. But we can, we'll bend it into anti-work too. It, it's going to go to the, how well, do you, how do you spend your time in your life working? Like, is it worth this kind of work for you or. Yeah. That, that, that's what I was going to say is yeah. it's, it's kind of interrelated because you, it's, it, you, in the same way that, you know, how do I want to spend my time? Um, do I want to spend my time in the perpetual consumption or pursuit of bummer knowledge or do I want to do something else? And I think that that's the same enigma that I think the anti-work attitude ultimately surrounds, which is like the antithesis, the antithesis of leisure and the idea of like um, the phenomenon of, of nothing work and all that kind of stuff. So let's get into the, the, the main posts that this sub 
no, and if you hadn't if you hadn't listened to episode one, I, I would encourage you to listen to it. Most of it is about us kind of getting into the mindset of the anti work and talking about some of the po- not really talking about some of the posts, but talking about some of our personal experience and you know around some of the posts. But as it pertains to this one, because we just kind of ran out of time and we think that there's pretty important stuff, we wanted to get into some of the the kind of required reading of of anti work um, and. And yeah, so dog, did you, um, which one do you guys want to start with? You want to start with a radical shift and how we view jobs? Yeah. Hell yeah. Let me pull that one up. A radical shift and how we view gerbs. That's a really good one to start with. Actually. Here's the little, uh, anti-work clip art. Look at that. Wow. I love it. Um, over a decade into the 21st century, we're as work obsessed as ever. In fact, probably more than we were a decade ago. So this article is really interesting because it kind of goes over how this all kind of started with the indoctrination of the idea that work is in and of itself a virtue. So this is like goes back all the way to like from when we went from an agricultural society to an industrialized society when like the Protestant work ethic was pushed really hard and used to motivate workers and justify punishment and they would whip and imprison idlers. What year was that about? Uh, Was it the early 1800s or? The revolution I think was, uh, I mean, it depends on where. Yeah, well like 1840s towards yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, so yeah. That's so about the time. Yeah. Industrial Revolution, Protestants, work ethic. And then also, um, like the puritanical stuff was hit kicking off then. So it was like on top of working all the time, it was, and you're not allowed to have fun or enjoy yourself or like yeah, or go to exactly. those like opium orgies anymore. It was a real bummer time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. it's all about, work as obedience and like you look at the first virtue you learn as a child and this is in the article is obeying your parents especially performing tasks that you don't enjoy so chores like cleaning the table and and like maybe this is indoctrination but for me i'm like i see an inherent virtue in learning how to clean up after yourself like i get oh my god i think about this all the time with my kid who's this is (laughs) all i do it's good to learn that. Um, but later on, it's like that virtue is exploited and it might be exploited by parents. Even when you're teaching it, like go clean up my room. I took a shit all over it. Like so there's some horrible yeah. things out there that would do that. So later as adults, work. we're paid to obey our employers and that's what work is. So work it's- and virtue are connected in our brains. Yes. And we, like I do with our kid, it's like, we're trying to teach him to, listen to people uh, mm-hmm. to have some sort of like organization in his life, clean up his room, like some sort of stuff. Like, you know, he doesn't want to do it and you sort of have to like coax him into it. Yeah. Uh, and then I do think about this. I'm like, am I just preparing him to listen to a boss when he's like 23? And yeah. then like, and then that boss will just like make him uh, make more deep fake videos of whoever the president is then or something like it, or, you know, or you obviously want them to set them up for like independence and think for yourself, man, be you. But it's like, what kind of worker are you producing? Will they yeah. ever be able to get a job? Do they become 
spoiled worker brats who can't get hired because they want to be the president of Apple when they're out of high school. <laughs> oh, man. So it's a yeah. tricky parenting question, but it's... That is really hard because, like, it's... And it's something that we all, like, deep, most of us, I'm imagining, are... It's ingrained in us as people, too. Like, I mean, it's hard for me to separate the idea of the morality behind, like, being a hard worker, you know? Like, you don't want to be a lazy good for nothing. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you look at how that extends to how people view homeless people or people experiencing homelessness or people who are poor or people who are working jobs that don't get paid a lot. And they view it almost like that's your moral failing because you didn't work hard enough to get to a CEO position. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense. So that's part of the problem I, I that this article describes is this, this is a great pulled quote from Bertrand Russell, is that immense harm is caused by the belief that work is virtuous. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is, yeah, that, that was, I was, I was going through this one last night, and this, this is, uh, this one, this one was really compelling because, you know, you are seeing a lot of, like, social psychology, and I, I think this is, this is part of why I'm actually glad that we talked a little bit about the kind of, like, capital uprising mm-hmm. this, this, uh, on this past week, as it pertains to this, is because it, it, it doesn't necessarily follow the same logic, but there's a little bit of the same thing at, at work, it seems to me, which is, the social psychology of our of our raising is in direct confluence and conflict with some of the things that are are our drivers in contemporary society. Oh man. So, you know, we we have a we have jobs that we like I think especially you know with like liberals and you know this is also about the the psychology of the coronavirus like there's a lot of things where we go no you're not supposed to do that. How how could anybody do that doesn't make any sense. Why would anybody do that? Right. And and then it, and then it people it just fucks with people and then you think about that through the lens of like work where you go what do you mean you don't want to you don't want or have a job? Like uh, that doesn't make, I, I would, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> let's and, play a game. Let's family, play you know? Let's play a little uh role play uh, because Love based it. on what you just said I, I just had a thought because you're my boss. I'm I'm uh I Right. You're thinking about hiring me because you see something in me, which is <laughs> right. Let's just let's just just yeah, play make believe. That's what I said. Cool. So you see, you say, hey, uh, oh no, I'm uh, I'm your friend from high school, and I'm not working. You're my bu- you're you got a you got a good cushy job. Cool. You're making two twenty five. Hey man, I saw go, that door the other day. What do you uh, what do you think oh, about doing this door for door. me? Yeah, well, you know, I am a very good uh, at everything kind of worker, and. Uh, uh, I know you're trying to get me to come work for your big fancy firm, make a fat paycheck, but thank you, but I pass. This is when you say, why would you pass? I'm offering you a great job with great benefits and a lot of money. This is what you say to me. Go ahead. Yeah, I I go, I go, uh, Freed, you can't live on a boat forever, man. Like at some point you're going to have to decide to, to, Start oh. getting a job and you know start. Oh, making how money. how come? Why? Like what what are you doing? Uh, what's your job? Like what are you doing with your money? Well, I'm saving it for you know when I'm uh, when I'm older. I want to like not have to do shit and just oh. you know. Oh, cool. Like, what do you do with your money now? Like, what do you what do you spend money on? You know, like what what what's what's cool about having money in a job? Uh, I got a Peloton subscription. So what's that? What's a Peloton again? Oh, it's a bike. It makes me uh makes oh, me how many how many wheels does that bike have? <laughs> 
Two. Does it have any wheels actually, or is it a fake oh, wheel? Know, it's, it's Did you, you bought a twenty five hundred dollar bike with no wheels? Oh, nice, cool, sick. <laughs> and so, and have you ridden it up a mountain or anything? Or no, it stays in my room. It's a virtual mountain. Oh, yes, it doesn't it leave the head. basement. Oh, so you don't actually it doesn't go anywhere. You bought a three thousand dollar bike. It doesn't go anywhere with no wheels. Oh, sick, cool. Um, so what? You don't like it outdoors, or? So you spent seven thousand dollars. <laughs> What is the role playing uh, objective here? The objective is to, I, th- I think when you start asking questions on why people work and make money, I think you can pretty quickly get to the answer of you make money to do things that, that you could probably do for not that much money. Right. And if the goal is to like people go fishing a lot with their money, it's like, right. You could just go fishing. Um, I think the goal is like, I think people are stuck in the mindset of I need to work to make money to buy things that I need because that's what people do. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah. I guess, I guess if you started asking questions, like some of the things that we're trying to get might seem, um, uh, just, uh, they, it just might seem sort of like, uh, like it doesn't make sense to, to obtain those things to somebody who just doesn't have the money to go do it. You know, I don't know. Well, I mean, what you're what you're saying, I think, is it is it is it creating a new relationship with capitalism, which again, yeah. and this is I had this fucking argument. Well, it wasn't an argument. I was like, I I found myself, my girlfriend and I were kind of talking about this, and you know, it started like any of these things. Not not about anti work. Should we get about, uh, two pelotons? <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking. We were talking about the uh, the uprising, and and then you know, I, found myself, I found myself just fucking ranting about the relationship of capitalism to Hmm. what this is. And, you know, and it it was, it was, it was a similar thing in, in the sense that it was like the root cause all comes down to our, our, like you have to get to the top or you, or you're not good. You're not worth it. You're not whatever. And, and I think that, you know, part of what you're saying is I think creating a different relationship with the, with the consumer model because I think we work because we feel like the act of working is inherently a, a thing that when you get the money, you're supposed to use that money to participate in the economy. And then you kind of go, why are you doing that? And people go, cause you're supposed to do it. I mean, I hate it. This is so fucking hack, but it is true is like, this is the, this is the whole fucking fight club thing, man. Where it's like, you know, Tyler Durden is asking, yeah, you know, and he's just like, I was told to get a job and then I got a job and I was told to get married. So I got married and I was, and I asked what to do next. And he was like, I don't know. Right. Or I don't whatever, know. However that fucking I have club. kids. And, so that's right. And, and you know, and, it, and it, there is, there is a lot of like, you follow the, you follow the steps so that you get to the point where you can then what, right. Like, what's the thing? And a part of me is like, I think that we are somewhat dawning on a new era of that. Like, I've actually, I feel like I've formed a new relationship with with buying things lately, which I kind of like, which which has been has been like, I, I feel like I buy things somewhat deliberately now where I, I constantly am doing a little bit of like an opportunity thing in my mind where I'm just like, is this worth it? Is this not worth it? But I, but you know, I, I like, I got my girlfriend a really nice fishing pole for 
for Christmas. How nice. Um, and, and, you know, and when we went out, oh, well, like I, you know, I got, I gave it to her, but like the act of going to buy it, I don't know if she'll ever use it. Who fucking knows? She said she likes fishing. Who knows if she'll ever use it. But like it was, I, I went to this tiny store that was owned by a Korean guy and I walk in and he's got all this stuff and it's clearly just like a mom and pop owned place. And I was just kind of like, I'm proud to support this guy yeah, and, and his project and buy a poll as a, as like an, a community building endeavor. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it was a little mm-hmm. bit more like, it wasn't like, yes. I gotta, I'm going to buy it. Cause I got to get it. It was more like, Hey man, you know what? I'll take the more expensive one because you know what? I appreciate you trying to sell me on it. And I like that this place exists and I hope you well, man. Like I was having, yeah, that's, I was having these thoughts while I was reading some of these articles and I, that's kind of what you're talking about, but I I think it's, we could expand on this idea a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, Um, do you want to, do you want to share some thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I mean, we're kind of at this place where, you know, workers have become, robotic sort of automatons it's just like do what i say to make my um you know my my stock price go up and you're never really going to be a part of the 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 exchange you just had of a buyer and a seller and a craftsman and a buyer and and like that's kind of nice um and the the worker in the middle doesn't really see any of that but it's it, i was just having this thought like it would be nice to and and i think shame is I'm back to the sort of shame of maybe overusing media. Um, maybe we can do it with purchase power too. It's where, right? you know, I, I almost want to like, I was, I was having the thoughts like, sh- let's start shaming the things we buy too. I mean, we all buy, we're sort of taught to buy like the cheapest thing. You know, it's like, <laughs> did you get a good deal on it? Yeah. Well, that just means it comes from some poor country built by some slave. Like, Maybe the, the the new way to think about it is like, did you get something that's a good product that will last a long time that might not be the best price, but it's the best thing? Like we all buy Ikea crap or whatever, like furniture crap. I build tables like the table I'm building my brother, which is sitting behind me, which is getting ready to be shipped. Looks like uh, it's in this box. Um, it took me a couple of weeks. Uh, he's not getting a table quickly, let's just say. Right. <laughs> And it's definitely not the most affordable way to build a table. And, but there's a cool story. It's going to like improve our relationship. Um, every right. time I go over there, I can brag to all of his friends and be like, Hey, feel that? That's solid oak right there. Um, right. So That's if we can. Solid oak right there. <laughs> every time I go over, I turn into a guy from Wisconsin too. Love it. It's, Love part, it. it's part of our, my brotherly shtick. But, uh, I changing our relationship with with the story of how and why we get things versus just getting things cheaply, and that was one of the thoughts. And I think you were talking about that with your fishing pole. It's like you had an experience with a guy. You you totally. probably could have just got it on Amazon for twenty dollars cheaper. It's like totally. what's twenty dollars right. at the end of the well, day if you had this experience. And that's the thing I think that's interesting about the, our relationship with the capital capitalist model and the the way we. Like if you work because you want to, you want to spend conscientiously and you want to participate conscientiously in the world and whatever, that's very different, obviously, than 
you know, having a job so that you can collect your coins and then use those coins eventually. I mean, this is, you know, when my dad died, this was one of my big epiphanies where I was just like, damn, dude, like this guy worked fucking my whole childhood. Like, I mean, great, great dad loved my dad. Love, you know, he worked really hard so that he could, you know, support his family and shit, but like worked so hard. <clears throat> and then dies a couple years before his, he really was, could retire and then just like all the fucking hard work he had done saving up and whatever so that he could like chill as a retired guy he like couldn't do cuz he worked right. he worked you know he worked himself to death in a way so and and it and that was like one of those things i was just like damn bro like that is not interesting i mean i i'm like i'm very i i really like um like restaurants are like one of my favorite things to support not like support like just give, but I like love going to new restaurants that are like ideas. Yeah. That are clearly, you know, built on a concept that then I'm like have no problem spending more money when I feel like I am spending it in as to to help an idea thrive. You know what I right. mean? Like that's one of my things. But anyway, so back to an, another article. Unless you guys have anything else you want to contribute to well, that, I think oh, I would like to move to another article. <clears throat> Just, I, I think there's a way to maybe like um, identify businesses that uh, sort of stand apart from the Amazon models, et cetera, like the non-changes and non-corporates. I don't know. It's this fucking uh, think globally, shop locally bumper sticker to some extent, totally. which yeah. which is which is we've kind of seen before. But getting back to it, I mean, and and just even yeah, dude, I haven't seen that since 1989, dude. Uh, back when they <laughs> they took they made us take uh, the the hatchet off of our little league Braves. Uh, shirts because it was racially insensitive. We I've been in it since the '80s, guys. Man, uh, uh, man, oh man. yeah, man. Can so still, still burned up about that. But just back, I'm still burned up about losing that hatchet, dude. That thing was so sick. I was like, why do you got to take the hatchet? This is the coolest part about the uniform. Take everything else, just hatchet. The and there was fucking macar- macaroni hippie mom was like, it's racially insensitive, and we're like nine, going like, we fucking love hatchets. Okay, first of all, hatchets rule. Okay, you can throw them at stuff. They're super dangerous. Why are you yeah. trying to ruin my childhood, lady? The hatchets only. <sighs> it's a big turning point. But like just seconding that, I think if we identify more of those places or I, I, I don't know. I mean, tell your friends, right? Like That's this small. place is cool. Um, it's right. not a chain. I think people dig it. You know, people want those unique experiences. So let's support totally. it. Let's pump it up. Cool. So, so the next one I want to look at, and you know, we we probably have time for a couple more. Um, I mean, again, this is this is we'll never ever be able to totally close the door on this sub because every time we talk about this sub, it just opens up so many different places we can go with it because it is it is like it is one of the big contemporary topics of today's society. Yeah, we're always going to be circling around it. I think this is probably going to be a sub we constantly are referencing. But Mm -hmm. another one that I think is quite interesting is so on the phenomenon of bullshit jobs, a work rant. Did you guys read this one? Did you guys see this? Yeah, one? Mm-hmm. I think this one's so interesting. This this one is very interesting. So I'm I'm gonna read a couple of the paragraphs verbatim because I think they they kind of hit some interesting things. And then, dog, I don't know if you have any um, anything you want to add to it. But so, in the year 1930, uh, John Maynard Keynes, who's one of the most important famous uh, economists of ever, uh, predicted that by centuries end, technology would be uh, would have advanced sufficiently that countries like Great Britain and the United States uh, would have achieved a 15-hour work week um, 
which would be a dream. Uh, wow. There's no reason to believe he was right. In technological terms, we are quite capable of this, and yet it didn't happen. Instead, technology has been mar marshaled, if anything, to figure out ways to make us all work more. In order to achieve this, jobs have had jobs have had to be created that are effectively pointless. Huge swaths of people in Europe and North America in particular spend their entire lives performing tasks. They secretly believe do not have to do not need to be performed. The moral and spiritual damage that comes from the situation is profound. It's a scar across our collective soul. Yet virtually no one talks about it. Which, you know, th there's a reason this TSA. Is Don't need right? any of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so why did Keynes promise utopia? <clears throat> Uh, still being eagerly awaited in the 60s never materialized. The standard line today is that he didn't figure in the massive increase in consumerism. Given the choice between less hours and more toys and pleasure, we've collectively chosen the latter. This presents a nice morality tale, but even a moment's reflection shows it can't really be true. Yes, we have uh, witnessed the creation of endless variety of new jobs and industries since the 20s, but very few have anything to do with the production and distribution of sushi, iPhones, and fancy sneakers. So what are these new jobs precisely? A recent report comparing employment in the U.S. between 1910 and 2000 gives us a clear picture. And I note one pretty much uh, exactly echoed in the U.K. over the course of the last century. The number of workers employed as domestic servants in industry and in the farm sector has collapsed dramatically. At the same time, professional managerial, clerical, sales, and service workers tripled, uh, growing from one quarter to three quarters of total employment. In other words, productive jobs have, just as predicted, been largely automated away, even if you count industrial workers globally, including the to toiling masses in India and China, such workers are still not nearly so large a percentage of the world population as they used to be. So think of that, like taking a pie, a pie, a big old banana cream pie, mm. three quarters of people, of workers were doing something productive, whether that is be like being a factory worker, farming, doing something that actually produces a need like or a, a, something to uh, feed a need of society that's turned into one quarter, you know, like totally. That is now one quarter, but there are more people working. So they've invented another three quarters of jobs that are not overtly productive. It's and that means you're sitting jobs. you're sitting in front of a computer at a desk instead of on your feet, probably. And that alone has probably added to the the fatness of of the world and sort of the unhealthy, um, just. I mean, people, I think with that's probably an uh, exact relationship to how like heart yeah. disease and all that stuff is, has gone in the same direction. People and are just so, sitting there fucking depressed, right? Drinking Coke, eating and, fucking yummy ass Cheetos, ass. yummy ass, period. <laughs> just yummy ass. They just yummy eat yummy ass. ass. Oh, <laughs> but if, sorry, dad, if you want to continue, the rest of that is interesting too but rather than allowing a massive reduction of hours to free the world's population to pursue their own projects pleasures visions and ideas like you would wouldn't that be nice right like back in the 30s all of those productive jobs that was three quarters of the work we all did like if that could be automated so that only a quarter of working people needed to do that now what are the rest of us doing why aren't the rest of us out doing um 
you know, uh, jungle cruises. I've wanted to be jungle a jungle cruise uh, host. You know, Are you talking about like spotting uh, koalas or yeah. stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Or yeah. like going and playing soccer with your kid every day out in the field, or maybe sitting and reading a good book when you want. To. Like instead oh, yeah. of that, they've decided to instead flood the world with a creation of entirely new industries like financial services telemarketing or an unprecedented expansion of sectors like corporate law academic academia health administration human resources pr and those numbers don't even reflect all the people whose job is to provide administrative technical and security support for those industries or for the whole host of ancillary industries that exist because of those people existing, like dog washers or all-night pizza delivery that only exists because everyone uh, else is spending so much of their time working on the other ones. So that's I what mean, the author calls bullshit jobs. And I would add to that, uh, like sitting on Twitter and other things, when you do have the small amounts of free time and just like getting sucked into the typhoon of bullshit yeah it's it's almost like sitting in at a job and responding to worthless emails it's like it's totally not time well spent yeah and well and, and it's interesting some of the things that you just mentioned there dog um as well as it pertains to uh pr uh marketing managers i mean a lot of the stuff that we are actively involved in and i think mo- a lot of people are i think a lot of people that are that are you know smart um have college degrees or whatever are kind of engaged in things like this mm-hmm. for some fucking inexplicable reason, but like PR telemarketing, like some of that shit, those are all designed around creating more demand for the product that you sell so that people consume it more so that there is growth, right? Like that is the purpose of those jobs. Like PR is like, Hey, have you heard about this thing that I do? Like telemarketing is like, hey, m- hey, hey, Mr. Johnson, like uh, yeah. this is blank. Buy blank company. Do you want to buy this thing? Have you heard of this thing? And so there, there's, I think, you know what a- else grows unconditionally? Tumors, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It, it is. It is all largely related to. I mean, my my big. My big, uh, I, I might have mentioned this last week. This is just something I, I talk about a lot. Is I think that the unsustainability of the of the growth predictive model post industrial revolution, like we got used to the idea that things grow at like a two and three percent per year annual basis, and it just like doesn't make any fucking sense. So at a certain right. point, things just like can't grow at that speed, and mm-hmm. then people go, "Oh shit." but we have to grow at that speed. That's what's expected. How are we going to make things grow at that speed? We need people to tell more people about it. We need people to print more flyers, but we need a printer flyer or a, a flyer printer to help us do that. And then you just kind of create the system, which is, you know, whatever. So, so this is, this is what this article is really ultimately about. I mean, it is about, it's about kind of the, the anomaly of what a bullshit job really is about and how it kind of came to be and why, um, and I think, you know, we're, we're kind of coming on crunch time. So I think the last one I think I want to briefly talk about is probably this in praise of idleness, um, Ooh, the yeah. Bertrand Russell piece, because this this I, th- I think represents a different part of the conversation, which is actually about the, you know, a lot of what we're talking about is like the phenomenon of how we got here. And I think this one is a little bit of like, even if we're here, this is uh, this is a an appreciation of 
not laziness, re- rethinking what laziness means and rethinking about what idleness means and how do we calm our minds and calm our, um, our, our like capitalist intentions um, so that we can be more idle and more late or more idle instead of lazy or lazy as an okay thing. Yeah. And like at rest. Within- like yeah, like laziness as just being at rest and why why should being at rest be such a radical thing totally and, and what what i find so interesting about this too is this one came out in 1932 so this is this just goes to show that this has been a part of the contemporary conversation for a long time and wow. i think that this is part of the problem is that it's so built into our systems that even back in the day, like, so Bertrand Russell, I did a little bit of uh, research on Bertrand Russell. He was a, he was a uh, Nobel laureate kind of, you know, polymath philosopher, logician, um, like, you know, just a a brain essentially Um, liberal socialist pacifist. uh, And, and, you know, he, I think he was the kind of person who was very contrarian. I don't know enough about him. I can't speak to him. I don't know if he fucking got me too or some shit. So don't, we're not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to say yeah, He was like anti Semite um, and definitely yeah, everybody. We don't but know. He, but he had some great Bill uh, Cosby's stand up was good. You know? <laughs> no. <laughs> we're pro raping. Bertrand, Bertrand Russell's stuff is canceled. Okay. <laughs> Bertrand Russell canceled. Uh, All right. So Bertrand Russell. So in praise of idleness, like most of my generation, I was brought up, uh, I brought up on the saying Satan finds some mischief for idle hands to do. Fascinating. Uh, Being a highly virtuous child, I I believed all that I was told and acquired a conscience, um, which was, uh, which has kept me working hard. Uh, hard down to the present moment, but although my conscience has controlled my actions, my opinions have undergone a revolution. I think that there is far too much work done in the world that immense harm is caused by the belief that work is virtuous and that what needs to be preached in modern industrial uh, countries is quite different from what always has been preached. Everyone knows the story of the traveler in Naples who saw 12 beggars lying in the sun. It was before the days of Mussolini, which is interesting because 1930... Mussolini was just like kind of it was clearly things were going awry uh, and offered a lira to the laziest of them. Eleven of them jumped up to claim it. Uh, so he gave it to the, to the 12th. His, this traveler was on the right lines. But in countries which do not enjoy Mediterranean sunshine, idleness is more difficult and a great public propaganda will be required to inaugurate it. I hope that after reading the following pages, the leaders of the YMCA will start a campaign to induce young men to do nothing. If so, I shall not have lived in vain. Uh, it's a little cheeky line there. It's, uh, it's um, so before, before I, I'm just going to read another paragraph and then we kind of discuss. And I know we all have to kind of collectively leave soon. But before advancing my own arguments by, for laziness, I, much, uh, I must dispose of one which I cannot accept. Whenever a person has already who already has enough to live on proposes to engage in some everyday kind of job, such as school teaching or typing. He or she is told that such conduct takes the bread out of other people's mouths and therefore is wicked. If this argument was valid, it would only be necessary for all of us to be idle in order uh, that we should all have our mouths full of bread. Uh, what people who say such things forget is that what a man earns, he usually spends and in spending, he gives employment. This is what we talked about earlier. As long as a man spends his income, he puts just as much bread in people's mouths and spending as he takes out of other people's mouths and earning. The real villain from this point of view is the man who saves. 
fascinating. That's a really um, fascinating point. Yeah. Um, if, he, if he merely puts the savings in a stocking like the proverbial French peasant, it is obvious that they do not give employment. If he invests his savings, the matter is less obvious and different cases arise. So that's a very interesting point, which is in, in kind of what you were saying earlier. It's like if you're if you're getting money, spend your money because that provides a self-worth and value to the other people. Um, yeah. one of the, one of the commonest things to do with savings, to lend them to the government, a view, uh, of the fact that the bulk of the public expenditure of most civilized governments consists in payments for past years, for preparation to future wars. The man who lends his money to the government is in the same position as the bad man in Shakespeare who hires mm. murderers. The net result of the man's economic habits is to increase the armed forces of the state, which, wow, into which he lends his savings. Obviously, it would be better he spent his money, even if he spent it in drink and gambling. Oh, coming out with some hot takes. It's um, kind of slow slavery. That's what what he's. Yeah. Well, slow slavery, like, but also the idea uh, that you the act of saving is contributing. Yeah, it's complicity with the government's ability to like buy buy fucking bullshit for war yeah like if we yeah same along these lines like are we immoral for paying taxes because think of where that money goes a lot of uh damage is done with that money you could you can definitely make that argument that uh we i don't want my money going to blowing up kids weddings in afghanistan i mean i think you know that that feels like a, a worthy argument to make, I think. Yeah, like, uh, you know how there were conscientious objectors to, like, the draft? <laughs> we should be conscientious objectors to the IRS. I think everybody would yeah. easily get on board of that. If you led that charge, you would be assassinated by next Friday. <laughs> uh, your your car would explode. Uh, well, I guys. Those are I mean, years I, I wouldn't be spending working. This is one of those interesting ideas that I think uh, that has kind of floated around the philosophical, you know, philosophical world a bit, which is like, how do we better track our tax money, right? And and I think because this is, you know, this, this is an interesting, this is an interesting model of like if you spend your taxes and someone. Uh, and the government goes, uh, okay, elect where you want your taxes to go, right? And you know, you're going to have some people who go, the armed forces, I want my to be protected. And some people are going to be like highways and fucking teachers unions and shit. And it'll be inter- it would that would be a really interesting way to better understand not only how your money is being spent or kind of like really further democratize. Yeah. Like what are, of, what are you know, citizen of- priorities? Yeah, and I think we also, I mean, we're, we're so, I mean, this is one of those things that we, that is like a pretty powerful localized uh, government idea. Mm-hmm. Like I would actually, like that. that's that's a really cool idea for like a, a, a mayor or something. Right? Yeah. Where, you know, if you have a mayor of like a, a middle, middle-sized town or city or whatever, you go, cool, we're, we're trying a new thing. Every year, like we have 45,000 people who live in this town, right? We spend our taxes this very specific way. We want to start giving people the chance Ooh. to tell us where our taxes are actually going. So when you when you 
do your auditing at the end of the year or when you're you know when you're submitting taxes or something i don't know how the system would work like we're gonna let you tell us where you want your taxes to go from these nine different boxes right yeah um and you know and at the end of it we're gonna be like we've noticed some interesting trends right and and i think that that's a that's an you know the, i mean we're kind of getting away from the we are and we aren't getting away from the idleness of work because i think that this is this gets to an interesting thing which is uh is act being an active participant in the purpose of your job right which is i think the reason this is so important i i think it kind of circumvents the the idleness thing a bit on this one but the point about the the military spending i think is really interesting which is like you know, Bertrand Russell is essentially saying it's okay to work, but it's not okay to save because by the act of working, you're creating the opportunity to spend that money on people and on ideas that can then benefit these other people and give them a sense of livelihood and, you know, you know, give them the opportunity to be idle themselves, but it's not okay. And, And, you know, mind you as well, this was just before the second world war, right? So this is right, right at the time where Bertrand Russell's like, Dude, the act of giving money to the government is is op- the opportunity for them to go to war, and we can't fucking have that shit, you know. Yeah. So it's, hmm. it's crazy. Very interesting. I like there, it. There, um, we're just we're just kind of breaching this. I know we have uh, we have to go to preschool now. We all all three yeah. of us have to go to preschool. Preschool. Um, Learning so numbers. We're gonna we're gonna close this one off. We're kind of raising the next the I next one, generation. Of one capitalists. quote from one of the articles that I'll leave you guys with, and I gotta run. But what was once a human being is now an employee in the same way that was once a pig is now a pork chop. Our lives disappear spent like the money for which we trade them. Depressing. Don't be a pork chop, people. Don't be a pork pork chop. Don't let these fat suckers eat you. Don't be a a sheep chop. Um, I know we kind of, you know, we we, we got a little distracted in this one, but that's okay. We like to do that sometimes. Um, This just gives you some homework. We we do think this is a pretty important sub. We're probably not going to talk about this one again for a minute. We might circle back to it at some point, but... We're going conspiracy next week. We got to go deep on conspiracies. But I think that this is... um, This... Like I had mentioned, I think this is kind of one of those things where it's your... If you're uh, into leftist thinking, or if you are... Uh, kind of trying to find a be- if you're the kind of person who's trying to find better solutions anti-work is an interesting option um, yeah. that's what's nice about these articles the other articles listed for anybody who is actually not on the sub right now um, the other articles that are brought up let's see if I can find them later guys I'll talk to you soon uh, peace later, uh, later dude peace so the other articles that are listed are uh, the abolition of work by Bob Black uh in uh, the right to be lazy by Paul Lafargue and the mythology of work by crime Inc. We actually went through the mythology of work last week. So that one's a little bit redundant. So there are two others. And then also um, on January 12th, 2021. Uh, so next month bun- Monday, Tuesday, uh, there's going to be an AMA with the social psychologist, Dr. Devin price author of the upcoming book. Laziness does not exist. And it's based on an essay that, uh, that Devin wrote. Uh, or Dr. Price wrote um, uh, that is on, where is it? We, and we'll put some of this stuff in our, in our subreddit, by the way uh, it's on human parts. It's a human parts medium that they have, um, which is a very popular medium. So get into it. Think about why you work, spend money on nice fishing poles from local f- uh, fishing shops. Don't be a pork chop. 
Don't be a pork chop. Uh, this is Did You Reddit, a weekly podcast about the internet by way of Reddit, the front page of the internet. My name is It's Your Dad. I'm Dog Boobs, and that was Free Day. Free Day. My Free Day had to go to preschool, um, to door to door preschool. Uh, we'll be back next week, probably talking about conspiracies in the fall of American democracy. Peace. <laughs>